Welcome to the 29th episode of The World of Running. I am your host, Aditi Pandya. What is common between Ryan Sanders, Courtney Doe Walter and Killian Jornet? They are all runners. They are known for their trail running and are some of the fastest trail runners in the world. And this format of racing has been getting popular since the mid-90s. We are seeing the same trend in India with Malnad Ultra, Bison Ultra, etc. gaining popularity. Trail running is very different from road running. The former takes us to quieter parts of mountains, lakes, forests, grasslands, etc. Before we get any further in today's episode, I have a request for all our listeners. Support us by sharing our podcast link with a runner who's yet to discover us. It takes a lot of research for the topic, create questions, record with our guest and post-production. Your feedback will encourage us to create more content. You can share your feedback with us or topics you'd like to listen by emailing us at connect at geeksonfeed.com. Also, do rate our podcast wherever you're listening. In this episode, we discuss trail running with our guest, Kanan Sundarajan, also known as Coach K. Coach K is an ultra-marathoner running since 2011 and has completed over 70 marathons and ultra-marathons. This includes a 100-mile race, back-to-back comrades and the first ever triangular run challenge finisher with 500 kilometers in May 2019. Coach K is the founder and ultra running coach of his academy, K's Fit Academy, since 2016. He is the founder and race director of OT Ultra and Bison Ultra. He is an ACE personal trainer and UESCA certified. Coach K provides online and personalized coaching and mentoring on general fitness, weight management, ultramarathon, running, and sports conditioning. He has coached more than 300 plus recreational runners, ultra runners, and young adults. KSFIT Academy achieved a significant milestone by signing an MOU with Center for Sports Excellence to set up and offer a long distance running coaching program based on. RCF to recreational runners inside the integrated sports complex. So, hi, Coach K. How are you? Hi, Aditi. Uh, thank you. This is awesome. I'm doing great. So, I hear uh, very good reviews from your recent uh, UTI Ultra, and uh, I'm sure that has given you a lot of confidence and motivation for your upcoming Bison Ultra, right? <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, Uti Ultra, putting the race together uh, is always been challenging. Uh, but this year was, um, I, I had a an ambitious target of crossing the four-digit number in terms of participation, which we did uh, much earlier in the game. Um, you know, receiving 1,109 runners from 20 different states. Uh, it was quite exciting as well as, uh, of course, there's a lot of responsibility to deliver a beautiful experience consistently year after year. Um, yeah, uh, the, when I when I look back and look at the reviews and the feedback that I've received, mostly positive, uh, awesome reviews. Uh, the runners have taken it very well. Uh, from the organizer point of view, we had put together a really good event, and I should I must actually thank all the the core team members, the volunteers, and also the partners and sponsors 
uh, who've been supporting us uh, with this event uh, every single year. Yeah, because I do remember uh, in 2019, a friend of ours was a course record holder for 60K and this time it's been broken and by really good margin. So um, <laughs> I, I think the popularity is only increasing. So kudos to to the entire team of you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, in fact, uh, as an organizer, this is another challenge, right? So we, we think that the runners are going to arrive at a particular aid station uh, in a in a particular time. And then every year I see that, uh, you know, those, those courses getting faster. So there are really good runners coming. And then, you know, would you drop by the design of the course, the distance? Uh, it is extremely challenging, rewarding, and also it gives a lot of hope for uh, the returning runners. Uh, as a race director, I'm, I'm the founder. I'm extremely gifted to see that uh, kind of uh, response from runners. Yeah, and I must... Uh come out clean that till now I've never ran a trail run and uh, putting up the questions was uh, it was a it was a bit of a research for me so and I did I did take a lot of inspiration from the folks who have ran uh, trails and ultras before so um, like for a newbie like me and most of most of our audience are road runners so uh, I have a question uh, is why should one consider running trails right Uh, especially for me who who loves to end up uh, better uh, to do to better my speed right and it's all about pace and speed and uh, what do you see trail running can offer oh i think we should probably keep this as the only question for this entire podcast duration <laughs> uh, because I, I i can talk about this go on and on and on about you know what trail running is all about um, how it is different uh, from the road running that we all love to aspire to do and also get faster every time. Um, I, it, you know, it's simply breathtaking at the moment. In fact, just to let you know, I decided when I was, uh, uh, when I came to know about this podcast and the work that you've been doing, first of all, you know, really great appreciation. I think Geeks on Feet, you are when entire team is um, doing an amazing work of simplifying things for beginners and also giving the opportunity for those experienced to eat and fuel something beyond what they can process. Okay, so this, this is a great perk. Um, and uh, when I wanted to be part of this uh, interview, the first thing that I did was I assembled my first ever trail running gear, you know, which include the same shoes. Of course, the socks is not the same. (laughs) And uh, of course, my shorts and t-shirt, you know, I'm actually wearing, I wish this was a video podcast, you could have seen me. (laughs) Um, Because the the moment I think about trail running, it um, gives me a lot of goosebumps, a lot of great memories. And uh, somewhere for me personally, uh, when I came to know about trail running for the first time, this back in 2011 and 12, and I barely started running. I came to know about two events. One is the Bangalore Ultra. The other one is the KTM of the Kaveri Trail Marathon. And those who are in this region would immediately connect with these two events. Um, I had an opportunity to go and witness uh, Bangalore Ultra. Uh, I was blown away by the concept, right? And somebody can run uh, 25K in a two loops of 12 and a half kilometers, and then 50 kilometers, and then 75 kilometers, 100 kilometers, I'm suddenly thrown in a frying pan, right? And then uh, during the day, you're running. During the night, you're running. The concept somehow uh, kind of, I was taken back by surprise that uh, an individual can put themselves through an experience like this. 
And then, of course, um, I started running and I fell in love with uh, both the ultra run in general, the road run, because the first ever road running event that I inspired uh, to kind of, you know, look forward to was the Comrades Marathon. But of course, at the same time, I also started exploring the trail runs in India. At that time, uh, the Jawadu Hills Ultra was quite popular. Malnad Ultra was, you know, just, just getting started. Uh, Vagamon. Uh, and also, I had an opportunity to travel to Himalayas and you just walk and run some of these uh, single road or the route or the goat sections or, you know, simple trails that connect from one village to another village, right? So that's how my fascination started, right? So I started loving these, uh, the running off the road, uh, getting into wilderness, getting into villages, exploring different parts of uh, uh, India. Uh, it gave me a lot of opportunity for, uh, you know, kind of seeing the other side of our life. Um, probably that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with uh, trail running. There are a lot of, lot of reasons, right? Um, beyond this is, you know, you can connect with the nature because road runs are very different. It's always in the city or in a town with a lot of population, a lot of people. But in a trail run, the first thing, uh, if somebody wants to connect with uh, themselves, uh, somebody wants to connect with their inner self at the same time also connect with the nature and the surrounding um that's that's when they have to think up think about a trail running event got it and um so I know one more person, um, uh, Coach K, who who enjoys trail and and mentioned to me that uh, uh, he has just stopped running on road and he's based in Delhi and he has a company by the name of All in Running. So yeah, so I I, I do I do hear the same sentiments coming from him as well. So um, so Coach K, I also want to understand that. Trail and road running are two very different uh, forms of running, right? And not only uh, taking the surface and the pace, but uh, the trail distances are, are different. And the, the kind of trails that people actually run are, are different. So uh, can you throw some light on that? Yes, absolutely. Um, if you see again uh, what a trail run can offer for a runner, uh, first of all, you know, we talked about the connection with the nature, then how I got into trail running, right? Um, the terrain is very unique. Uh, you know, it's not predictable. Even though you see a terrain map, you know, if you're running a race, you see a terrain map, you know, it says that, okay, there is uphill, there is a downhill. But actually, when you start running, that see that it's actually rolling. Most of the time, there is the terrain is continuously varying. They also come across, you know, the local... Uh, animals and birds and of course the dogs are always there in you know, a city like Bangalore but if you want to see a wild gar, if you want to see a, a snake somewhere in the wilderness or if you want to see some uh, birds exotic birds which are native to that particular region you have to get into the trails right so the the connection with nature is the first point and then of course the challenge in terms of you're you're going to run see most of the city events if it's a half marathon full marathon starts in the morning and then finishes in the morning, right? So around 9, 9.30, you can go back home. But most of the trail runs or even ultras, uh, ultra runs in, um, you know, if you really see in particular, so they start at, let's say, six, five or six in the morning. They are multi-hour format and they are basically getting into the day 
um, you know, when the sun is pretty hot and then you see the sun actually goes, you know, raising from one end and then setting in the other end, you're still running or still moving, right? Yes. Another thing is the adventure side of things, right? So I, I remember the first time when I decided to run the uh, Malnada Ultra, the 110 kilometers, and I signed up for that and I really didn't know what I was actually getting into. So the race director during the briefing, Anand, was telling that, hey, you know, you're going to be running next to the Badra Sanctuary. You know, it's a, a sanctuary where tigers are present. And then just make sure that the fence is always on the right side of you. If it's on the left side, you're on the wrong side of the forest. <laughs> right. uh, so, you know, there is this adventure element, and especially 110 km running in the day and then the nighttime um, all by myself, and there's not many runners. But of course, you know, coming back to what you asked in terms of the surface and pace or the distance. Uh, I think the first thing that comes in my mind is a road runner or a trail runner. The, the most important thing is the change in the mindset, right? Um, you're going to strip yourself off with the personal best timing, the fastest mile, fastest 5K, fastest 10Ks, all those things are taken away from you. So you're, you're, you're basically approaching a trail run as an adventure, as a journey by itself, and then the amount of time that you spend in pre preparing for a trail run is much longer than or much more than a road run. You know, for preparing for a road race, I can even um, get into the treadmill inside the gym and then I can train for it. But for a trail run, if you want to be a trail runner, if you want to be a better trail runner, you have to be running in the trails. You have to get out, right? So you need to be ready to invest on, you know, the training, the time, uh, of course, the gear is going to be completely different. And also, if you see the, you no, know, these are all the physical side of things, right? So the time availability and your training, you know, in terms of cross training or strength and conditioning, you don't actually need to get to the gym to be a trail runner, right? So just get out and run. Trail running offers a lot of opportunity for somebody to get tougher, somebody to get stronger. Um, you're going to be preparing for adversities and then you're going to deal with uncertainties and then you, your agility your balance coordination how sharp you are it, it's completely different you know it's my the number of opportunities to develop a real athlete in you is much more in a trail runner than a road runner i i'm not saying that a road runner is not a better athlete okay so just don't get me wrong you can be a trail runner you can also be a road runner because it's two different demands in terms of what is needed mentally, physically. So there are, there are so many aspects that trail running is, uh, it differs from road running. Yeah. And what are the kind of trail distances that typically we have in India? In India? Mm, well, Everywhere, so now... Maybe. Yeah. Like what are the <laughs> standard trail distances that we have and how do they train? Um, see, that there's no standard. See, that's the difference between road run. Road runs are generally classified as a, a full marathon or a half marathon or a 10K, 5K, 3K, you know, kind of. The, the denominations are pretty much the same, right? You won't find a flat road run with 20 kilometers or 18 kilometers or even 27 kilometers kind of distances. But in a trail, everything is uh, completely odd, right? Um, the distance can be... Uh, 27k or 30k or you know if you talk about uh, some of the races like Malnada Ultra has got 30k it is becoming more and more inclusive now earlier these ultras started with 50 80 and 110 
and then now it's becoming more inclusive now we've got 30k distance included and then uh, if you also go to the hell race series you know there are also uh, races with uh, 12 kilometers as a distance all right um apart from and then these numbers are completely random you know or 53 kilometers or 84 kilometers um so it doesn't matter uh, what distance you run so that's why i said there's a mindset change right so we are if you are tuned to running only full marathons or half marathons in a trail you are going to deal with the challenges deal with that terrain deal with the cutoff time and you're going to deal with other all other complexities including rain or it could be snow it could be anything um so a trail run with 50 plus kilometer is considered to be a very tough one combine that with the terrain combine that with the altitude yeah the distance can be anything trail running is getting uh, popular in india and uh, um runners who are training for the first time for a trail how should they approach their training um see again you know we spoke a little bit about the mindset change right yeah. um so if you want to if you want to be a good trail runner you have to be running on trails very regularly okay and uh, first thing is to have a clarity on whether you're going to run a race or you're going to run a distance just to enjoy the uh, the trail aspect of running i always am an advocate of all my uh, runners who i coach athletes who want to um, take up running uh, as a sport the first question to ask is okay do you have the right foundation to even run okay because all of us as human beings have the capability to run we can run there's absolutely no problem but can you run a road race can you run faster but can you run a trail because a trail the demands of the sport is completely different okay so you need to have a clarity on the goal it's trail run is not an extension to road run and then also go back and see whether your health parameters of uh, you know kind of support that kind of a goal right because i know a lot of runners who come to run in mountains suffer from let's say lungs related infection so they are coughing they are they are wheezing trouble but that's the putting the health first approach right so you really understand that you're you're also uh, running at a higher elevation where <clears throat> the air could be thinner could be drier um, and then you're coming from place like chennai or bombay you know go to himalayas to run even a 10 km 15 km the demands are completely different so i think understanding uh, being a knowledgeable and an aware runner is the key here so the foundation uh, is basically take care of your health first and also understanding your goals so how should somebody approach the training start slow gradually progress into a better trail runner because you also are going to get into technical terrains right so technical we are not even talking about technical terrains i'm just talking about switching from a, let's say a road run to a muddy terrain so that itself needs a lot of you know change in approach and attitude so when we talk about technical terrain it can be you know you're going to climb up rocks you need to hike some sections and especially races in himalayas right it's all a sky running series you're hiking half the time you're running a little bit and then even downhill there is no running because many people think that downhill running is much easier you can go faster it's actually much more complicated than uphill running okay so <laughs> again when we talk about the trail running techniques right so it's it's completely when we talk about approach 
the complexities are more uh, the you need to be very very sharp your eyes are always on the trail you need to have a safety margin because you you slip somewhere and you're going to you're going to fall in a gorge because some of these srt um, you know the trail run uh, the simagad raj ke thornam they all running in a ledge where there is a steep you know you you kind of skip one step and then you're going to fall down in a gorge and i remember when i ran the uh, wagamon ultra so there's certain sections again there is a steep fall on one side you don't even know that you're going to fall um, you need to be extremely careful right so there's a lot of technical things that you also learn when you're going to become a trail runner so uh, so coach i have uh, i have one more pertinent que- uh, element here is mental uh, mental toughness than physical right as you mentioned that you have ran 110 and then there are di- there are odd distances like 90 and 60 uh, and somewhere i also read that uh, um trails are more vertical and wild right and thus it requires mental toughness than physical so if you can explain that aspect um well um, see any ultra run it doesn't matter whether it's a road run or trail run it's a multi hour you you're you're on the feet for multiple hours you know you're crossing let's say an early morning hour to a mid noon could be humid it could be raining or it could be snowing or it could be a combination of on the three or you're also climbing up a lot or descending a lot right so now what happens is after multiple hours your physical side of things are utilized by the body um your transition into the mind or the mental side right because any ultra running we we always talk about the four stages right so the physical the mental the psychological and the spiritual stage so then the self regulation that uh, is believed to happen in the body uh is now moving from physical to the mind is controlling it right so there's a lot of fatigue that the runners can experience when you're running in a multi hour format going up and down it's not a constant pace unlike a road race um you're stopping and starting you're climbing you're stopping to kind of take a breath your heart rate is going up your mind is racing and then at the same time you're also worried about the cut off you're worried about missing the next aid station or you're worried about what to consume so there's a lot of fight that is going on between your body and mind so once the fatigue is felt it, it's pretty easy to feel the fatigue or the burn in your calf muscle or in your quadriceps when you're when you're climbing uphill and you can expect a performance degradation but what really happens is if you can take a break take a pause and take some breath you can continue to move if your training is really good if your training has simulated that kind of a demand you can continue to move the problem comes when the mind takes over and then the brain thinks that hey this is too much of a punishment because running an ultra itself uh, is is seriously considered to be an idiotic act right and when 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 you're trying to push through the physical boundaries that the mind takes control but that's where you start um, talking to your body negotiating with the body negotiating with the trail so generally we say that hey forget about the mind forget about the body run with your heart okay so that's that's for say it's easy to say but what the runner is experiencing is a very very tougher side of him so that's where uh, the the mind control and what you're talking to yourself 
Are you saying that, okay, I want to quit? Are you saying that, no, I'm going to fight it? Or are you going to say that I'm going to postpone quitting after crossing the big mountain, right? Because it is wild. Uh, in a trail can be wild, right? So it depends upon, the, again, the distance and the, and the, and the terrain. Um, but it's, it's a war that's going on between your mind and the body. And then what ultimately has to win is the mind. What ultimately has to win is the heart. Because when you, the rewards are waiting. When you, when you go to the finish line, it doesn't matter whether you're finishing within the cutoff or outside the cutoff. The rewards are immense. And that experience is something that is very, very personal to the ultra runner. As a, as a beginner, you're going to fail. You're going to fail to convince yourself to say that, okay, I, I've seen a lot of runners quitting right, in an in a event, in a trail running event. They say that, no, I can't do anymore, right? But what they have not experienced is to pick a fight with the mind, pick a fight with the body and say that, okay, let me push through this and see what happens, right? So you will see that there is a lot of magical discovery that happens. But that's why it's a multi-year learning experience, not that the first time you run a trail marathon, you figured out everything. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, it's a continuous discovery. So uh, I have one question for you is, what do people like us in cities, where do we train uh, for trail runs? And how, what is the best way to train? <laughs> yeah, see, the, um, there is this principle called SED, right? Uh, specific adaptation to impose demand. It's a scientific terminology. Um, so the body responds to any demand that you impose, right? So you, if you want to become stronger, you need to lift more weight. If you want to push harder, you need to be pushing all the time. If you want to be a runner, um, if you want to run faster, you need to be running faster, right? So the body really responds to those imposed demands. Uh, but unfortunately, those uh, flatlanders um, or those who are living in um, let's say places like Chennai or places like Bangalore to some extent. I won't I won't put Bangalore in that category because Bangalore, if you see, really see the South Bangalore, North Bangalore, you still have rolling rolling hills and terrains. You can still access um, a small mini trail section. All that you need to do is to travel 30, 40 kilometers. If you don't have access to trails, uh, it is going to be a bit of a challenge to simulate. Uphill running, it's easy, you know, all that you need is a treadmill, a good quality treadmill with uh, with a gradient option. But the downhill running becomes extremely challenging because a trail runners are constantly going up or down or running in a flat rolling course. So the downhill running becomes very challenging. Um, to be fair to the training process, no strength and conditioning uh, exercise can specifically teach you or train your muscles that are going to be used when you are doing downhill running. You know, there is there is no specific exercise. You can have a combination of exercises to teach you, but there is no one single exercise that's going to simulate and then teach you how to do a downhill running because there's a lot of eccentric loading involved. Your hamstrings are punished and you can't simulate that in a, in a gym environment to a large extent or if you are a flatlander. So what I used to do um, in um, when I was... First training for some of the trail runs, um, I would simply go up and down. I live in an apartment, you know, there's 15 floors. So initially, I will do up and down for about 30 minutes. And then after a week, after two weeks, then I'll start loading up myself. You know, I'll, I'll wear a backpack with about 5 kg dumbbell and then slowly increase that weight. And then you're not running, right? So you're actually walking. So because you need to develop those mountain legs, so the mountain legs can be developed in, in a particular manner. 
Uh, there's a lot of exercises that you can do to simulate, but there's nothing that can beat running on the trail, on the mountain. Um, you, you should be ready to travel. You should be ready to go and explore certain trails which can simulate. So if you're going to run in Himalayas, uh, you're signing up for, let's say, Sky Ultra or, or the Solong Sky Ultra you want to run or you want to run in Nainital, uh, it's very difficult for somebody to train in those conditions. I know Raman, Raman Kumar is one of the finest ultra runners and he's also part of my Uti Ultra crew. Uh, so when he did the, uh, the Sky Ultra, uh, he, uh, he used to live in uh, Mysuru. And then uh, every single day, every other day, he'll go up and down the, uh, the hills there. Okay, he'll simply go up and down. You know, he'll train multiple hours going up and down. And then he finished uh, the race within the cutoff time. You know? So there's a lot of simulation that you can do, but with whatever is available with you. Something like in Chennai, the probably the steepest elevation that they can get is probably the steepest uh, flyover that they can find. But of course, that also poses a lot of risk and challenges. It is going to be challenging, but again, with the whatever, if you have a gym which has got stepper, you can use that. You can do some cross training. Um, if you have uh, any elliptical machine or even uh, a road bike, you can only develop so much, but the best training can happen only when you have access to those trails and those mountain sections. Understood. So as we are talking about elevations and terrains, right, and they, they definitely pose a lot of challenges to during the run. So uh, how do runners understand and pace themselves, right? Because mm -hmm. there is a cutoff and uh, while pacing and speed, uh, speed especially becomes a secondary aspect, but we have to pace uh, smartly so that we have to respect the cutoff time. So how, how do you pace uh, how do we how do runners plan their pacing and um, yeah if you can throw some light there see in a in a road marathon uh, or even a 10k race or half marathon or full marathon uh, if you know that you're going to run uh, let's say the Tata Mumbai marathon so then the, the route map is clear so you know exactly where the elevation is coming where the flat sections are, the time of the day is clear. So you can actually precisely pace to, let's say, one or two seconds your target uh, goal race pace, okay? But when it comes to an ultra run, especially a trail run, there are a lot of uncertainties, right? Because the first thing is that the trail is not flat. There's uphill, there is downhill. You know, there could be stones, there could be some, even though... It's a road section. There could be just a 100-meter section. You may have to climb a little rocky path. So how do you pace there, right? So it becomes really difficult, right? So that's where the first thing is, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to what I said initially, that there's a big mindset change. You're not going to look at your watch every single kilometer and say that, oh, I'm within the pace, I'm outside the pace, um, and start worrying about it, right? So there's a lot of research done in the subject to see uh, can runners, uh, ultra runners, erratically pace themselves? Right? For example, you know, you're approaching a mountain at the top 100 meters to go, you're running fast, and then again continue to run downhill faster. So the research clearly says that runners who take that kind of an approach would burn out very fast. So you have to respect the mountains, right? So how do you pace then if you have to respect the mountains? So that's where the other pacing strategies will come into picture. Say, for example, you are constantly evaluating how 
your perceived exertion level is going to be our RPE, right? So the rate of perceived exertion scale um, is a 1 to 20 scale, a 1 to 10 scale, where you put a number to your exertion level. Okay, so 3 or 4. Right now, I'm, as I'm talking to you, my perceived exertion is about 2. So when I'm running a marathon or a half marathon, my perceived exertion can touch all the way up to 7 or 8. But when I'm doing a ultra run, especially on a trail section, every kilometer I may even touch the perceived exertion of eight and then I can even recover while down and running. So that's why the effort-based pacing strategy works really better for trail runners where you're constantly talking to your body to find out, okay, how am I feeling right now? Am I breathing too hard? Am I burning anywhere? You know, Is my calf muscle burning? Is my IT band hurting? or my glutes are hurting, or quads are hurting, or upper body is paining. So you're constantly in touch with your body. There is some scanning that's happening. There is some sensing activity that you're constantly involved in. And then you're going to maintain uh, the effort level. If you really see some of the well-trained athletes uh, can sustain a 60 to 70% of EVO to max. So that's another measure that is used for running. Um, for a trail running, uh, you're talking about trail runners, 60 to 70% VO2 max. And then again, which is equivalent to about 70 to 80% for a marathon run. But on a trail run, if you're a beginner, and if you want to pace strategy strategically, make sure that you're choosing a pace which is sustainable throughout. You're not going to be ambitious in the beginning. At the same time, you're not going to get ambitious at the middle. And at the same time, you're also not going to celebrate the success too early because the last two kilometers could murder you. So it is a game of patience from what mm-hmm. I hear from you. And if I have to, uh, I have to take one thing away is it's patience. It's all about patience and being honest to yourself throughout. Um, Absolutely. And, and you're also training, right? All the strategies will have to be part of your training. You know, you can't just go on experience, experiment something on the race day. Okay. So, uh, so coach, I also heard uh, you you mentioning about the route and it can get tricky and confusing. So, um, being uh, being a newbie, how can you manage those tricky, confusing routes? <laughs> um, well, the the one of the, uh, the finest qualities in an ultra trail runner need to develop over a period of time is to understanding the terrain understand the wilderness and then also you become good at navigation right so you you know you have a good sense of direction uh, how can how can you develop that you know you just go and get lost somewhere right you get into a trail get lost see find your way back to the start point right and then see there are a lot of technology that uh, can be used right so the most of our gps watches the modern day gps watches has this beautiful navigation feature you can start running from any point in the world, technically, and then you can trace back to the same point. Um, I have, for the first time in my life, and I had experienced that, when I went to Manali, um, I had spent some time with Karen de Sosa. So we, every day we would just get into some mountain sections, we'll climb all the way up, spend some time, then go back, right? Because there, if you're hiking or running on a trail, it it could probably take about an hour to even cross one or two kilometers, right? So I got lost and then I didn't know where to go. I knew I could see the road below, which is like probably two kilometers away, but I don't know how to get to the road. So I, I, for the first time in my life, and I used the navigation feature because my GPS watch was running and then I tried to navigate back to the start point. 
right? So you need to have a good understanding of the terrain. And then very important thing is if you're a first-time trail runner um, and participating in a race, talk to the race directors, talk to the race group, understand how the route is marked. Okay, so the many times runners are distracted, they're listening to music, um, they are in their own world, they are capturing pictures, videos, they are enjoying, but at the same time, they're not paying attention to those route markers. Okay, it could be a, a caution tape or it could be a, a white marker somewhere on a tree. You need to be very, very sharp, right, in paying attention to that. And then, of course, it's always, if in doubt, you always run with an experienced runner. Okay, and then talk to the volunteers, route marshals, respect their advice. If they say don't go, watch watch out for a right turn in 100 meters, you need to be extremely careful now. I, if somebody gives an instruction like that, every 50 meters, I'm going to check for the, you know, let's say the right turn marker. Okay. And then, you know, this all these things can be tricky and confusing. It's it's okay if you're going to wait for somebody else. It's always good to have a partner to run with you. And if one person does a mistake, and you know, you at least have a company. <laughs> you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you buddy up, basically. Yeah, you buddy up. Yes. Yeah. So I, I also want to talk about uh, um, the gears that we use, right? Mm-hmm. And not only shoes, socks. You mentioned earlier that uh, uh, you, you the first race, you the first trail you ran was in in road shoes, right? So um, if you can, you can throw some light with respect to the gears that a runner should use uh, on a trail run. See, most of the times, um, uh, at least the the terrain that I've run in South India. Um, a good stable road running shoes um, is good enough for you to get through these um, sections. The problem comes when it is raining. When the problem comes when there is wetlands. Um, because that's where the muck will start accumulating and then you, your road running shoes are not going to hold, right? It, it's going to, you will not be able to walk because it's going to get heavy and then you're constantly removing the muck. And then within five minutes, it's again going to become heavier, right? So the most of the trail running shoes, so that's why the trail running shoes are designed in a particular manner that you have, uh, let's say, deeper lugs. And then not only uh, gives you good traction, uh, but also uh, it's easy to clean up, right? And then the second thing is uh, most of the trail runners, since they are going to be running Again, I'm I'm just assuming that the trail has got a combination of wetland and dry land. You're doing something extremely uncomfortable. Your socks is going to get wet. And then <laughs> blisters and uh, other issues, you're going to deal with that, right? So usually padded socks are good. Uh, dry fit socks is good. Or maybe you also need to carry a, another pair of socks and, and maybe a towel uh, on your backpack just to make sure that your feet is kept clean, Right. And then some of these, um, uh, let's say in Malnad Ultra, uh, could be raining, right? And can you uh, can you handle that? Can you handle that rain? Right? So, and then on combination of that could be leeches, right? So how are you going to deal with the leeches? So I think there's a lot of preparation that is needed, right? So you need to study the road. You need to talk to the um, to, to experienced runners. And then the hydration vests are, again, a dependent element. Um, but this is not... It, it again depends upon the spacing of the aid stations, right? So if the aid stations are going to be, even in, in a road race like uh, Uti Ultra, we have had this problem. We say that, okay, every three kilometers, there is an aid station. 
But if that three kilometer comes in a very steep section, so the slowest runner would take about one hour, 10 minutes to reach there. Okay, so by the time they reach the aid station, they're already dried out, exhausted. And so in a mostly in a ultra run where you are supporting yourself between the aid stations by carrying a hydration vest. But it's not that you wear a hydration vest, you'll be able to run, right? So that needs to be part of your training plan. And then what are you going to carry in the hydration vest? Is it going to be just water or electrolyte? Or do you need to carry headlamps? Some of these races are done in the night sections. So headlamps are really useful. And then wearing it on the head, making sure that they are properly charged. And of course, trekking poles is another gear that is used, but again, not in any of these terrains that I run in South India. Uh, but if you are going to Himalayas, if you are going to run in some of the trail running events in the Europe or US, you probably need trekking pole. Again, it's not easy. Just because you have a pole, I, I have tried using trekking poles in Himalayas. I was using it horribly wrong. <laughs> so you need to practice with it. It's not that you have a pole, you can climb a mountain, right? So that needs to be part of your strategy. You need to use them regularly. You need to have certain sections where you can use those poles. Um, so there are many training gears available. Um, but I think beyond all those things, um, you need to come out as a good ultra runner with great attitude um, you know, who can approach these races without any dependencies on some of the coolest gears and gadgets. Because you have money, you can buy a cool gadget. You know, that's not going to make you a better ultra runner. Sure. So somewhere you also spoke about uh, water, water, aid stations. So I want to touch base on nutrition, right? Because uh, as against a marathon where we have some, we train with gels and, and, and we we know what how we are going to hydrate ourselves and take gel breaks. So um, it's not the same in an ultra. So help us understand how one approaches nutrition in a trail run. Um, see, nutrition is a very, 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 you know, I can I can add 100 more very, very complex topic, right? Um, I, I somehow feel that um, even after 11 years of soaking myself, it's 12, this is my actually 13th year, 13th year of soaking myself and running, nutrition always challenges me. Even, even a lot of research done on the nutrition topic, you know, if you really see ultra runners, a lot of ultra runners fail they fail to accomplish their race day goals because they go wrong with the nutrition. Um, each and every one of us differ in terms of our energy requirements. Um, and then the sport itself is complex. There is, um, for you to survive, for you to perform, there are two different things, right? So nutrition, um, you know, when you're running an ultra run, you have to basically feed yourself at uh, regular intervals, Carbohydrates are absolutely important, but how much can you tolerate? Okay, can you tolerate 30 grams of carbohydrate an hour or 60 grams? Or, and what is the source of this carbohydrate? Is it going to be gel? Is it going to be electrolyte? Or is it going to be a solid food like banana, sandwiches, or potato, boiled potatoes? Right. So you need to really understand your energy requirement. So that's where the coaches play a really important role. A, a sports nutritionist will play a very important role to help you understand your body composition, your body weight, and then your energy requirement. Uh, between male and female, between gender, the energy requirements are different. And then at what pace and intensity you're running, 
it's going to be different. And then how long you need to sustain this. It's not that uh, a full marathon you're doing in four hours with, let's say, six gels. You cannot extrapolate and say that, okay, with eight gels, I'm going to run an ultra marathon in eight hours. It's not going to work like that. Okay, um, because how long can your gut tolerate that source of carbohydrate? Okay, so that's why it's always in an experimental basis, have a clarity on the demands of the sport, have a clarity on what kind of food that you can tolerate, and then also buddy with those food, right? Um, I, I've seen a lot of runners, uh, you know, eating boiled eggs in between an ultra run. I, I cannot even think about consuming anything like that. Okay, because boiled egg is going to take more time to digest. Of course, protein is important, but the source of protein is really questionable, right? Now, you have to always start with the light, lightest possible fuel. And then as part of the training, you're going to train the gut. You're going to train your digestive system to handle the right amount of water, right amount of electrolyte, and the right combination of fuel sources. Because you also don't want to get bored eating the same gel again and again. And then you'll feel pukage. You know, people also time the gel along with the electrolyte, they end up throwing up. Also need to know when to consume, what to consume. Let's say if it's if you're approaching an uphill section, do you eat a solid food or do you use a, let's say, fuel which is rich in liquid and, you know, instant carbohydrate? When you're running a downhill, do you again feed on bananas or do you eat, uh, do you drink, electrolyte or water so those are all part of the fueling strategies right so that's why the fueling strategy in a ultra marathon especially in a trail where the section is predictable the weather conditions are not so good because your body is under stress it cannot digest well if your heart rate is pretty high you're under stress you could digest a system is going to literally shut down so at that time keep on drinking or keep on eating is not going to help okay and then the solid meals have to be timed in such a manner that it's going to help you rather than, um, you know, punish you later. And then the problem that most of the runners have is, is especially first timers. Um, fortunately, I've not come across a case in my events or wherever I have participated is a dangerous condition called the hyponatremia, right? So the hyponatremia is a condition where you're over-consuming water and then the body is losing more sodium than what it is supposed to be. So that's a vital mineral and then your cognitive function is challenged and the runners can even hit coma stage, right? So that's a danger, right? The danger of over-consumption over of water. So there is nothing like a perfect plan. The, the concept of training the gut, the concept of periodization, concept of, you know, um, starting something low and then, you know, getting to the optimal level of fueling. Supplementation is another complex topic. So the fuel topic itself is a very, very, very complex topic. Uh, with this, we come to the last section, Coach K, of today's episode. And uh, um, can you talk about the popularity of trail running in India? I mean, you did speak about multiple trails and how it has improved. But if you can, you, you can throw light on some of the popular trail races in India for our listeners and across the world. Um, well, the, the last 11, 12 years, a lot of new races have come, right? Um, as I mentioned before, I, I started my running journey by running the KTM and the Bangalore Ultra. Now, if you see throughout India, there is there's many, many trail races that have come up, right? 
of course, uh, closest to my heart is um, still the Jamaat Hind Ultra, which used to be, um, you know, there's a, there's an event that was done by the Janet Trekking Club, and it's not happening anymore. But this is really awesome. You know, we, we are suddenly exposed to a trail section, a village, and it's so beautiful. Then the Mount Manad Ultra is another grand event, and I have a very close emotional connection with the event. I go there, I run the uh, 110K in the, in the first, uh, second, second year of Manad Ultra. There's a lot of close association with them. And now I like to go there as a volunteer. Anand is a good friend of mine. So we, I go there to volunteer. And of course, if you see in the Western Guards, there are, uh, Bagamon is a, a beautiful uh, ultra marathon, right, in near Cochin. Uh, the SRT, on the, which is conducted by the Western Guards Running Foundation in the Sahadri Mountain Range, uh, it, it's pretty awesome, right? So it's a 53 kilometer, very tough race, a lot of climbing involved. You're also running through different, you know, kind of time of the day. I think some of the amazing work is done by uh, Vishwas Sindhu. He has put together the Hell Race, uh, the Buddha Trail, the Solang Sky Ultra, the you know, the Himalayan region, the West Bengal region. So these guys have done really fabulous amount of work. And then plus, if you also see these races, and not not for only for the tough and the experienced runners, right? So they also have distances like. Okay, you asked me a question earlier about okay, what distances they've got a 12k race, they've got a 14 kilometer race, and then the ultra warrior uh, they also organize races in Nainital. Uh, there are a lot of such um, ultra trail runnings, you know, that are that have come up in India, which is which is a good sign, good indication that India is growing, and uh, also. Um, if, you, if you really see these races predominantly participated by only experienced runners, now they are giving hopes for even absolute beginners to come and participate. Uh, Malnad Ultra used to start with 50k, now they have got 30k. Suddenly about 400 runners falling in love with um, the ultra run. Uh, it's it's really amazing to see how the scene has transformed in the last few, last one decade. Understood. And I come to my last question, and that's about Bison Ultra. So tell us about the Bison Ultra and uh, what it has to offer us. <laughs> so Bison Ultra, you know, when you when you talk about different terrains, uh, Bison Ultra is uh, held inside a private coffee plantation. Um, we, you know, when we talk about all the technical terrain and complexities, Bison Ultra is definitely a hope for absolute beginners um because it's it's i would say except for a few kilometers uh the section is motorable jeep trails okay the jeep trails are again you know very predictable run predictable trail anybody can run and then not much of technical complexities but at the same time you're also connecting with the nature so bison and the way i foresee this event is to give some of the best experiences for the runners you see i i used to go to aircar to train uh, during my ultra runs and i'll go to the mountains because i want to gain that elevation or you know smash those down and running skills so i would go to aircar and then every time i go through the motorable roads and i see those beautiful coffee plantations you know they, they are not accessible there is a there's a boundary and don't even know if somebody's going to shoot me if I step in there. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to explore that area. And then I, I came across this Gauri Estates. 
very closely connected with me. My mother's name is also Gauri. So I thought, okay, this is going to be a friendly bunch of owners. You know, they're going to let me use the <laughs> the trails for an ultra running event, right? So that's exactly the reason how it started in 2020. Um, the Bison Ultra offers two distances, 25 and 50K with very easy cutoff, mostly sought by the beginners. And then, of course, 50K is for somebody who's run uh, a full marathon at least, but they want to experience uh, running an ultra run. Um, and then it's exclusive because I limit the number of participations. Um, the number of participants this year, I'm going to target about 100. But so that it is like a full-fledged ultra marathon, but it's only limited for about 100 people. So the kind of people who come there are generally groups. They have already established a camaraderie. You know, they've got a bond. They've got a friendship. When they come there, when they stay in the same property, when they run the next day, it's a lot more fun. As an organizer, I enjoy putting together Bison Ultra. And every year I see more and more runners coming. This year it's going to be on the 4th of June. And then I've already, 60% um, of the slots are already gone. Uh, okay, then with this, we come to the end of our uh, episode. And all the best, Coach K, for the upcoming Ultra and for the coming years. Oh, you're welcome, Mother Dean. Thank you. Thank you so much. And this is really awesome conversation. I haven't run a trail run in, in quite some time, quite some years now, um, because my focus has been something else and setting up my business, Uti Ultra is the key, and then also putting together my, um, let's say, coaching practice. So I suddenly felt that I ran an ultra marathon today, especially a trail ultra with you. Thank you for the opportunity. I would like to thank all our listeners. And if you like this episode, and would like to know more on the world of running, please subscribe to our channel. And if you know of someone who is starting their journey into fitness and running, do share a podcast link with them. I would like to thank my friend Arvind for editing, sound recording and taking care of the post-production for this podcast. If you have any suggestions on improving the content of the show or topics you would like us to cover, please share it by emailing us at connect at geeksonfeet.com or you can also reach us through Twitter, Facebook or Instagram 